Welcome to Oak City Church, a family of learners, lovers, and givers sent. For more information, visit us online at oakcitychurch.com. Let us know if we can help you in any way. Thank you for listening. Kids, you are dismissed to go to your classes. Uh, Welcome to Oak City Church. My name is Jeff. If you're new, we're glad that you're with us uh, this morning. We have a weekly, our bulletin really comes out on Friday afternoons in your email. You can go to the the website, oakcitychurch.com, and sign up for the weekly email and, um, and get all the details. There's just a couple things out of that that I wanted to highlight this morning. One of them is, in that weekly email, every week I put something that's been kind of on my mind or on my heart, and this week it was a link to a sermon by a pastor in New York named John Tyson, and it was titled, God Shows Up Where He's Wanted. And man, I'd love for everybody to listen to that. If I have, it would be my deepest prayer that we want the Lord more, that I want the Lord more this year. And that was really convicting to me and powerful and it's great. So listen to that. There's a, and there's just a couple logistic things. We have um, a ministry that through our women's ministry, through our women's ministry we're doing um, something with, called, it's a ministry called Layers of Dignity that uh, works with women that are victims of sexual assault to help them. And so we're collecting some supplies. The women's ministry is going to have an event on February 18th, and a representative from that organization is going to come speak with them, and they're going to put together some um, those materials into into packets that are useful. And so w- we would love for you to participate in that. And then on on the 29th of January, so we typically three times a year, kind of have big church family meetings. One of them is our technical business meeting, but just where we talk about um, where we're at as a church, where we're going as a church, usually those are on Sunday nights. On the 29th of January, we're going to do it right after church. Um, that morning, we're going to talk about where we're headed as a church. We're going to do some baptisms that morning. You're just not going to want to miss that morning. We're going to have a chili cook-off um, after We've got, we've got, like, real prizes for that. We're serious about the chili. I'm serious about the chili cook-off. Like, I really want to win the chili cook-off. So there you go. And you should, too. And um, so we're, we would love for you to be there uh, for that. So we'll have church. We'll be here for a couple hours after church um, uh, sharing a meal and then just talking a little bit about uh, where we're headed as a church. So um, those, are, those are the main announcements. Like I said, sign up for the weekly and, and you'll get the rest of the details. This is Dan. Dan is going to be preaching this morning on uh, the church and the body of Christ as we're almost done with the series we've been in for the last few months. So Dan Fitzgerald, ladies and gentlemen. Thanks, Jeff. Hey, good morning. Ah, no. Okay. We can talk about that after, Jeff. <laughs> no, he, no worries. Um, good morning. My name is Dan. We are in our series called The Presence of God. And so we're going to talk to the church. So I'm going to ask you guys to do something you probably have not heard of in church. I'm going to ask you to pull out your cell phones. So as you pull out your cell phones, I'll explain why. I don't have good handwriting. And if I took the whiteboard and started to write on here, you guys wouldn't be able to read it. So it would be worthless. So I'm going to, as you pull out your cell phones, up here is a website called www.menti.com. There's a QR code as well you can scan. So go to that website or scan the code, whatever's going to be easier for you. Daniel, Floyd, thank you for getting the QR code. And then you're going to enter that code there, the number 88379019. And while you're doing that and while it's loading, here's the question that I want you guys to think about and you're going to respond to. What is the biggest issues or problems that the church is facing today? And I'm not saying for Oak City. I'm saying for 
the Christian church, the body of Christ, what is the biggest, what do you think is the biggest issue or problem? So instead of making you shout that out, you get to enter that into your phone. Think about it. And then we'll review those results in a little bit. We'll come back to it, I promise. All right, I think most of you entered. So when I was a kid, I didn't really think about issues of the church. I mean, to me, church was where we went on Sunday mornings. We went Sunday nights. We did Wednesday nights. It's where I had friends. Uh, I sang in a choir. I, don't, I guess they needed the bodies to make a noise. And it wasn't joyful, but it was a noise. Uh, and then as I got older, I was in college, I would go to the church when I was at home. I wasn't in fellowship. And part of it is I started to see issues such as hypocrisy, right? I'd see people say one thing and then do another. And I was doing that in college myself in grad school. Uh, I was not living a life that would reflect that of Christ. Fortunately, God didn't leave me there, but he pursued me and didn't leave me that. So I say all that to say the church is not just the building. The church is the body of Christ. So this morning, we're going to read from 1 Corinthians 12. So if you have a Bible, I would love for you to put, open that Bible. If not, we're going to have it on the screen here for us. So if you'd stand as we read God's word. And at the end of this, I'm going to say this is the word of the Lord. And as a church, our response will be, thanks be to God. So 1 Corinthians 12, verses 12 to 26 says this. For just as the body is one and has many members, and all the members of the body, though many, are one body, so it is with Christ. For in one spirit we are all baptized into one body, Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and all are made to drink of one spirit. For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, were the sense of hearing. If the whole body were an ear, were the sense of smell. But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. If all were a single member, where would the body be? As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. The eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you, nor again, the head to the feet, I have no need of you. On the contrary, the parts of the body that seem to be weaker are indispensable. And on those parts of the body that we cannot, that we think less honorable, we bestow, excuse me, bestow the greater honor, and of our unpresentable parts are treated with greater modesty, which our more presentable parts do not require. But God has so composed the body, giving greater honor to the part that lacked it, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. If one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. This is the Lord, word of the Lord. While you're standing, let's pray real quick. Jesus, we thank you for your word. We pray that you speak today. We thank you that we get to be the body of Christ. And that it's not about us, it's about you. And I pray that today you would speak through your word, through this teaching, and that you'd be glorified and honored. You may now be seated. Amen. Um, so listen, I have three main points that I want us to work through today. So here they are. I'm going to lay them out. So the first one is experiencing God's presence is on his terms, not ours. Experiencing God's presence is on his terms, not ours. Number two, God's plan for the church has always been for us to gather in his presence. Sorry, I'm having issues with this thing on my ear. And the third point is God desires for the church 
to be unified. So that's what I want to work us through. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to ask the tech team to go ahead and show the, the website with your answers. And I'm going to be seeing this in, in real speed, first time just like you are. So hopefully, is there a just, I hope. Wait for it. All right. There we go. Hypocrisy, number one. Uh, commitment. Those are really small, so I'm going to do my best. Let me walk over. <laughs> Man, I feel old. Uh, transparency, believable, self-evaluation, popular co culture, overly criticized, complacency, disinterest, racism, politics, yeah. Uh, lack of unity. Somebody gets extra credit. Uh, see me afterwards. Uh, exclusion, involvement in politics again, compassion, empathy, yeah. Failure to love enemies. Those are, those are all really, really good answers. Uh, yeah, that, that's great. So listen, I found this article written right before COVID. And I'm not going to read the whole article, but in the article there's four main points. So again, this was before COVID, I think the, the last point makes sense. And they said the four main issues facing the church today are this. Number one, we live in a society enthralled by expressive individualism. So if I paraphrase that, it says, be you, be true to yourself. Be you, be true to yourself. Number two, we have a pragmatic view of religion in our society that relegates our faith to the private sphere of personal values. Again, if I summarize that, your, your religion, your faith, that's private. I don't want to hear about it. Number three, an increasing number of people see Christian morality not, as only, not only as old-fashioned, but extreme or even dangerous. And number four, again, this is pre-COVID, people are increasingly isolated, fragmented, and polarized. So if you think about all this, all of those, and what we had written up there, right? I mean, it's, the issue is the church we have, we have an issue, not only in church, but in our world. We are so polarized. And we, we hit it. There was hypocrisy. There was uh, politics. There was racism. There's issues of not loving our enemies. How about loving our neighbors first? So as we think about it, it helps me kind of segue into our first point, is experiencing God's presence is on his terms, not ours. And if we take a, I want to do an overview of where we've been in our series on the present. So we start in the very beginning in creation, where God made everything. Like there was nothing, and he made the earth, and the stars, and the sky, and the fish of the sea, and the birds, and the animals. And then he made man and woman. And he made them in his image. And what I love about it is that God made Adam and Eve with physical bodies. He called them to be physically present with him. God walked and talked with them daily. And that is God's desire since the beginning is for us to be with him, to walk with him, to commune with him daily. But Adam and Eve wanted to rule on their own terms. They wanted to experience God's presence on their own. So as a result, they get kicked out of the Garden of Eden. We're having issues with the mics, that's okay. Um, they're out of God's presence. They're exiled. Right? So then in our series in the presence, we, we learned of Abraham and Jacob, who God made a promise, and he chooses the nation of Israel to be his people. And as he chose them to be his people, he said, I want you to build a tabernacle, and later on a temple. 
And he did that so that the priest or the king, whoever was ruling, would rule and rest in God's presence. And if I go on a really cool side note, if you look at how God gave the command to build the tabernacle and the temple, he did so in a series of seven commands over seven days, the same as he did in creation. And what's also really neat is if you continue that comparison, we find that the priest and the Levites, they were charged to work and keep the temple in God's presence. That's the same command that God gave them in the garden, to work and keep in God's presence. But just like the garden, the Israelites did not want to do it on God's terms. So what happens is they get kicked out of Israel. They're invaded, they're exiled. And it begs the question, so the temple is later on, it's destroyed, and it left them wondering, did God give up on Israel? So for the sake of time, I'll let you know that the Israelites did return from exile back to Israel. And their prophets said, oh, the, we will restore the temple. And they restored it, and they're like, oh, this is still corrupt. It was still broken. But God didn't give up on Israel. And just like I said in the beginning, God didn't give up on me. He still pursued me. He pursues us. So God gave the prophets the words that he would send his son Jesus, and that Jesus would assemble a people that had been exiled we just celebrated Christmas, and in it, in our series, we talked about John 1.14, which says, and the word became flesh and dwelt among us, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the only son from the Father, full of grace and truth. God was living out his plan to dwell with us, to restore that presence. Jesus made a bold claim where he says that through God's presence, that his rest and rule would be fulfilled through the life, the death, and resurrection of, of him. Jesus claimed that he was the true temple, and that he would expand that to all of creation. Again, God's plan from the beginning is always for us to be in his presence, for all of creation, but on his terms. And it's interesting that you find in Peter, 1 Peter uh, 2, verses 4 and 5, where Peter calls us living stones, he says, as you come to him, a living so you come to him, Jesus, a living stone rejected by men in the sight of God, chosen and precious. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ. And when I think about that word, spiritual sacrifice, it brings me back to another uh, sermon we had in the presence was on Cain and Abel. And they were both making offerings to God. But God appreciated Abel's because it was his best, it was his first, the best of his best. Cain didn't do that. And Cain, being angry and wanting to enter God's presence on his own, kills his brother. And as I grow older, I realize I'm more like Cain. Let me caveat, I've not killed anybody, so please, <laughs> some of you thinking about leaving, I haven't. But I am like Cain in the fact that I want God to accept my sacrifice on my terms. I want to be in his presence, I want him to accept how I want it. But fortunately, God, being full of grace and truth, Jesus, who came and dwelt among us, and through his life, his death, and his resurrection, we can have forgiveness and grace. And he chooses to use us as broken people, as living stones. In 1 Corinthians chapter 3, he talks about how we are a holy temple where Christ will dwell in us. It's amazing. So with that overview... So that's the, the presence, that we are made to be in God's presence, but on his terms. 
if we look at who Paul is writing to, so the book of Corinthians was written to the church in Corinth. In Acts chapter 18, Paul goes there, and he, helps, he spends a year and a half in Corinth, and he forms the church. So he leaves, and he hears word that there are some major issues going on in the church. So in 1 Corinthians verses one, uh, chapter 1, verse 10, he says this. It's the beginning of his letter. He says, I appeal to you, brothers and sisters, by the name of the Lord Jesus, that you all agree, and there be no divisions among you, but that you may be united in the same mind and the same judgment. So there's this major divisions going on in the church, and if you look at Corinthians, there's a whole bunch of things. There's, there's issues around sex, there's issues around who they think is the best leader, who they should be following. There's issues around food that was offered to the idols. There's issues around how they gathered, what we call Sunday mornings, they're gathering. And there was even issues on the resurrection, what that looked like. Uh, we're going to focus today on the gathering. So back in verse 13, so Paul says this, For in one spirit we were all baptized in the one body, Jews or Greeks. So the, the church is made up of Jews and Greeks and Gentiles. He goes on and says, Slaves, so the people that own slaves, some that were slaves, some that had nothing to do with slaves. He says, regardless of all that, we're made to drink of the one spirit. So I love our church, and I'm talking about Oak City. I love it. We have people from all different backgrounds, different ages, different life experiences, different political thoughts, different views. People who have lived in different areas, have gone to different countries. You guys all bring a different perspective. And I was reminded of that as I sat in the back today watching us worship and how amazing it is to take that step back. And in the, in the scripture it says we are made the drink of one spirit. I'm really struggling with this staying on my ear, Jeff. I don't know why. Um, that one spirit, last week, if you missed last week's sermon, John Fouché talked through the Holy Spirit and the gift that it is that we were to receive daily and then utilized. And Paul's reminding us right here that God has given us the Holy Spirit. He doesn't care about our backgrounds. He doesn't care if, we were, if you were a Jew or, or a Greek, if you owned slaves or you were a slave. And the same I would say to us as a church. God knows that we all come from different backgrounds, but we are the body of Christ. There's this really good book, besides the Bible, that I recommend. We have a whole box of these. We got these. They were written, uh, I think, a year and a half after COVID had started, when we thought it would just be a two-week curve. And it says, it's called Rediscover Church, Why the Body of Christ is Essential. So I really recommend we have these. If you want them, uh, let me know. Free resource for you. And in it, there's this really good definition. It's a bit long, but I'm going to read the first part of the definition of a church. It says this. A church is a group of Christians who assemble as an earthly embassy of, of Christ's heavenly kingdom. A church is a group of Christians who assemble as an earthly embassy of Christ's heavenly kingdom. I just want to point out that the group of Christians, we're broken people, saved by God's grace. So what really jumped out to me was that focusing on the word assembling, which helps me lead into my second point, is that God's plan of the church has always been for us to gather in his presence. So throughout the Bible, we see that God called his people to gather together. In the Old Testament, he said to come together and remember who he was and what he had done. The Old Testament is full of commandments to have celebrations, to have parties, because we forget. The Israelites crossed the Red Sea, and the next day they're like, God, you brought us out here to die. 
He opened the Red Sea so they could walk across and destroy the Egyptian army, and they, the very next day they're forgetting. Man, we are just like that. We forget. So God calls us to, get, to come together. Now, as I shared earlier, when I was younger, my view was something, church is what we did. And then church was a bit broken, and I didn't really want to be part of it, because I thought the church didn't want me to have fun. And I've, I've shared this story before, but I remember in grad school, I went out for a run after living the night before for myself, and I went for a run, and I ha- heard God say to me, I've made you for more than this. Now, I didn't have some amazing, like, oh, man, I was in church the next day, but I started going back to church. I started looking, and I moved here to Raleigh, and I was going to another church uh, for about a year. It was a bigger church. And then I met someone who invited me here, and I came. It was Visio Day at the time. And what I loved about it, it was smaller. I could be known. It wasn't this big church where I could go and, and not be known. I could go and nobody would know if I was there or not. I could miss six weeks, and people may notice, but most probably didn't. Here, it wasn't the case. And through some lunches with Jeff, and then had an opportunity to go on a uh, mission trip to Haiti with Jason Gore. And then if I fast forward, I met my wife here. We have three kids. This church has been amazing. But I know our church, we've let you down as well because we're full of broken people. But the great thing is, this is where God has allowed me to be, to learn, to grow, to be in relationship with you. So as I was preparing for this, I was really thinking about COVID and the impact that it's had on all of us. Listen, I'll be honest, the first couple weeks of COVID when we had church online, it was pretty cool. I could sit on the couch, I was in my pajamas, uh, our kids came in, they were worshiping with us. I was like, all right, this is pretty cool. By week three, I think it had lost all, <laughs> all its beauty. Um, I mean, so often we were pausing worship or even this message to go yell at our kids who had imaginary friend that they're arguing about or they're arguing about some game that they made up that had no rules, but they said it had rules. And it, it became uh, exhausting. There was times I would realize that my phone would be out because I was like, well, I'm at home, who can see that? And I wasn't fully engaging. And I say that, that during COVID, I missed gathering and worshiping. I missed the church, the body of Christ. I missed you guys. I missed opportunities to be accountable, to, to grow our relationships, to get to know you and have you know me. And I know COVID has affected all of us differently and still is affecting us. But in Matthew 18 verse 20 says this, where, for where two or three are gathered in my name, there I am among you. When two or three are gathered, Jesus is there. Last week I was at home because my daughter wasn't feeling really well and I, I watched the live stream which was great but I missed being here knowing that Jesus was here. That Jesus was present. I missed the opportunity to gather with you in his presence. And I thought, too, I was like, man, if maybe if I had a bad thought of somebody, or I don't have social media, but maybe you posted something and I was made aware of it. If I'm not here and I'm not present with you, I have no opportunity to reconcile. I have no opportunity to see you worshiping Jesus. Which, honestly, when Jesus is the forefront, everything else doesn't matter. So I encourage you, if you are here, to be here. Because if we're not, we rob ourselves of the opportunity to experience the pleasure and the joy of getting to know one another, to learn from one another, to disciple, to be known, to be vulnerable, to encourage somebody, or be encouraged yourself. Church is not about what we can get out of it, but what we put into it. 
When we view it as the body of Christ, it takes away that consumerism. In verse 14 it says, for the body does not consist of one member, but of many. The church is the body of Christ where he has chosen us as broken people. And, and Paul gives these metaphors in verses 15 through 20. He says, if the foot should say, because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, it would not make it any less part of the body. And if the ear should say, because I'm not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less part of the body. So he goes on. He's giving these examples. He's reminding us. He's, he knows the, the people in this church. Jews, Greeks, slaves, slave owners, those that have nothing to do with slaves. Broken people that all have a role to play. And he's reminding them it's not important. Just because you don't stand on stage in the band or you're not teaching, you still have an opportunity to serve. Opportunity to greet, opportunity to make coffee, opportunity to serve in the back. We all have a role. Now, I want to pause here and say this. We talk about the body of Christ, and I think so often, if you come to the church for the first time, we say some really weird things, right? We take communion, we represent the blood, we talk about the, the, the bread as the body of Christ. Talk about um, you being part of the body of Christ. If, this is, if you don't know what that means, I would love to talk to you afterwards. Jesus came and lived a perfect life. He freely came. He laid down his life by dying on the cross. And fortunately for us, what separates us from any other religion is that Jesus didn't just die on the cross. He rose again. And if you call, the Bible makes it very clear, if you call upon the name of Jesus you will be saved. If you don't know Jesus, I would love to talk to you. I'd love to invite you to be part of the family of Christ. So as I was saying, COVID's made it hard. Politics has made it really hard. Debates on a vaccine. Pretty much anything that people want to debate on divides us. The music you listen to, the clothes you wear, the color of your hair, we, we used to be okay with people having different views. Not anymore. Now we're at a point, if you don't agree with me, I want to cancel you, I want to disassociate you, I want nothing to do with you. And I, as I think about it, man, we have so much division, not just in church, but through the world right now. We need Jesus. But what I love about the church especially, it says in verse 18, it says, but as God arranged the members in the body, each one of them as he chose. God chooses us, broken people, to be representing Jesus as the body. Let that sink in. Let that sink in that God uses us. I mean, if I'm God, I could probably think of a better way than using me and others to make his name known. But he chose to use us. What really helps me segue into my third and final point is this. is a church from that book that I showed earlier it has this, that's the definition. I only read the first part, right? So we said the church is a group of Christians who assemble as an earthly assembly of Christ's heavenly kingdom. And then he gives us actions. It says this, to proclaim the good news and the commands of Christ the King, to affirm one another as his citizens through the ordinances, and to display God's own holiness and love through unified and diverse people in all the world a unified and diverse people in all the world. 
There's a lot to process through that whole definition. But what jumped out to me is that the word unity. And Paul writes about it, that we are a united body made of one spirit. So that third point is God desires for the church to be unified. And not just Oak City, for the local church, for the greater church. We are to be united. If you go back to the very beginning of our passage, right, Paul knows who his audience is. He's got people that are Jews, they're Greeks. He got Gentiles. He has slaves, slave owners, people that have nothing to do with slavery. People that are having issues with sex, people that are having issues with food being worshipped idols. He has people that are following this person and others that are following this person. He knows that there's division in his church. And what I love, if you look at the followers of Jesus, who he called, he calls first fishermen. No education, not a lot to offer. He then calls Matthew a tax collector. Matthew is hated by everyone because he's a tax collector. He worked for the Romans. Jesus called Simon, who was a zealot, who wanted to overthrow the Roman Empire. You want to talk about an awkward campfire? <laughs> Matthew and Simon the first time, so what do you do? Oh, you're a tax collector. I want to overthrow the Roman Empire. I mean, can you think about like, how awkward? But Jesus brought diverse people to his disciples. When Jesus rose again, the first people that saw him were women. What's so amazing is in that time in society, women had no voice. They had no say. But Jesus chose women to be the first to hear and know that he rose again and share that news. God's plan has always been to use us as a diverse group of people. And you know what makes the church so radical in the beginning? It, was, it brought hope and forgiveness. It brought grace. It said that we were all made equal because we're made in the image of God. I mean, talk about overcoming. That's why the church spread. It was hope and forgiveness to everyone. Jesus sought out the poor, the needy. He sought out sinners. Meanwhile, the Jewish religious leaders, they used religion for power, for fame, for money, Jesus came as a servant, and he calls the church to be a servant as well. And I think often many people, even the early disciples, they wanted Jesus to overthrow the Roman Empire. Like the Pharisees tried to trip him up with politics, and Jesus said, no, I'm a servant of God. That doesn't matter. His focus was on God, as ours should be as well. In John uh, chapter 13, this is right after Jesus shared his last meal of his disciples. And right after Judas is told, like, he said, you're going to betray me, get out of here. Go ahead, go do what you have to do. Jesus tells this to his disciples. He says, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another. And I think sometimes we stop there and say, all right, the answer is love. But he goes on, he says this, just as I have loved you. I mean, you also are to love one another. Let me just say, the love of Jesus meant he laid down his life on the cross. That's love. He continues on and says this, by this, so we love the one another, by this, all the people who know you're my disciples, if you have love for one another. What Jesus is not saying is just to love all. He's not telling you just to accept people. He's telling you to love first your brothers and sisters in the body of Christ. Church, we are called to love the church. And again, not just Oak City, the local church, the big church, the body of Christ we are called to love. 
And we love one another by being known, by gathering, by being physically present. Being in the presence of God is how we foster that love. I mean, think about it. We come together before a holy God that allows us to be in his presence on his terms. When we worship together, we declare God's grace and his mercy towards us that while we were still sinners, we listen to God's word as he speaks the truth. We participate in communion remembering what Christ has done for us by sacrificing his body on the cross and taking the death that, the death that we deserve. If I go back to that book and pull out a, a really good reference from it, it says this. He says, what is a gathered church? And I've already given you the definition. He says this. It is an embassy of heaven. Step inside your church or, or, or ours, and what should you find? A whole different nation. Sojourners, exiles, citizens of Christ's kingdoms. Inside such churches, you will hear the king of heaven's words declared. You will hear heaven's language of faith, hope, and love. You'll get a taste of the end-time heavenly banquet through the Lord's Supper. And you'll be charged with diplomatic business as you are called to bring the gospel to your nation and every nation. Sounds great, doesn't it? But he goes on, he says this, Sadly, our churches won't always declare and embody heaven well. We'll disappoint you and say insensitive things. We'll even sin against you. Our assemblies are merely signs and foreshadowings of the future heavenly assembly. Yet we aspire to the point, to, we, as we aspire to the point to the heart of heaven, who is Christ himself. He never sins or never disappoints. The church is made up of broken people. We get in trouble when we view this church as this great thing that we should follow and, and fully trust. And I'm talking about the, the little church, not the body of Christ. We, look, when we get in trouble when we view consumerism as a product, and we, we think, what can I get out of this church? We get in trouble when we put leaders on pedestals above Jesus. When our focus is Christ, that's when we don't get in trouble. See, the role of the, of the body of the Christ is to glorify God, to make his name known to the nations and to love one another as Jesus told us to. If we look back in the passage, verse 25 and 26 and it says this, that there may be no division in the body, but that the members may have the same care for one another. It says, church, if one member suffers, all suffer together. If one member is honored, all rejoice together. That is our charge. And often, when I'm studying, I like to look at other passages, other versions, and I've looked up the message, and I don't often teach from the message, but it says this, it says, the way of God the way God designed our bodies is a model for understanding our lives together as a church. Every part dependent on every other part. The parts we mention, the parts we don't. The parts we see and the parts we don't. If one part hurts, every other part is involved in the hurt and in the healing. If one part flourishes, every other part enters into exuberance. That is our, that's our challenge, right? That is the challenge to the church of Corinthians that was having all these issues. That's our challenge today as the body of Christ to Oak City and to the greater church. If one member suffers, we should suffer with them. If one member rejoices, we should rejoice. I think often we focus on the rejoicing and not the suffering. But we need to be present, physically present. And you can't do that if we're not here. 
So I want to end with a challenge. And my challenge really is for us to be present. If you are, if you are home on Sundays to be here, we don't want to rob ourselves of the opportunity to miss the pleasure of getting and the joy of getting to know one another, to encourage one another, to build up one another in love and truth and grace. There's ways for you to serve. Uh, I'm always going to advocate for home groups, but there's more than home groups. If you're not in a home group, I'd love to talk to you. You can even email me at dan at oakcitychurch.com. But we want you to be involved in a community. We're going to have some men and women's Bible studies uh, starting in a couple weeks. We're going to probably do them from Romans because we're going to be studying Romans as a church. We want you to be connected. There's ways to greet people. There's ways to make coffee. There's ways to serve in the children's ministry. There's needs on the band. There's ways to be connected. And as the band comes back up, I want to encourage you that if you are here, if you are a member, if you are a Christian, if you are part of the body of Christ, we all have a role to play. And there's no role that is greater than another. We're all equal because we're made in the image of God. But I'm asking us, church, that we would care for one another. That if someone's going through a hard time, that we'd be present. That we'd suffer with them. And if they do well, we rejoice with them. It's not a competition. My last challenge to you is this. This week, I want you to read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. And that passage is by Paul's all about love. And he writes it, though, in the context of what the church is struggling with, the vision, the issues. So this week, read 1 Corinthians 13. Find a way to live out, exemplify the love of Christ. Let's pray. God, we thank you for your word. We thank you for your grace and your truth and your forgiveness. We thank you that you pursue us, that you have chosen us to be a part of the body of Christ. And Jesus, that you came to earth, you dwelt among us. We don't deserve that, but because you've always loved us and your plan has always been for us to be in your presence, you made a way. Jesus, I pray as a church, as the body of Christ, for Oak City, for the local church, for the global church, that we would seek you, that we would put away the things that cause division, that we would be unified by the love, the grace, and the truth of Jesus, and that his life, his death, and his resurrection is what our hope and what our future is in. Jesus, we love you and we worship you. It's your name we pray. Amen.